Hey everyone and welcome to INE Live. I am Brooks here. I'm going to be the guest today. It is Tech Tuesday, so we're going to be diving into some cloud stuff today, something I'm very, very passionate about. But uh, before we even jump into that, let me just remind everybody that we do have the chat open. Any questions you have, just pop them in there. Be sure to put a cue at the beginning so that we'll know that you have asked a question. Also, we're streaming across multiple, or INE Live is streaming across multiple platforms. So LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. If you're uh, one of those platforms, so you don't miss any of our shows that are coming up. Be sure to subscribe to us on that particular social media channel and we'll make sure that you stay in the loop about all the things that are going on at INE, all the discussions that are coming up about tech and particularly on Tech Tuesday. So again, we're going to be streaming. If you have any questions, jump into that chat. We've got lots of folks watching it right now. We'd love to have your questions. So as I said, it's going to be a cloud day. This is awesome. It's cloudy outside. It's a great day to talk about this tech. So to help me do it, I have got two folks that I've really been excited about bringing you on or bringing on to meet you. So the first one is Dr. Melissa Harris, really my partner in crime when it comes to content. Hey, Melissa, how are you doing today? Hey, Brooks. It's so great to be here. Uh, welcome, everyone. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm thrilled. It's it's not a cloudy day here in New York, but uh, the sun is shining, but uh, we're, I'm sure we're going to get your weather soon. Oh, yeah. It's it, it's it's always <laughs> the way it works. It just flows up from us and it finally gets to you all, but it's usually 10 times worse by the time it gets to you. So <laughs> thanks for being on, Dr. Harris. We appreciate it. Also, along with us today is our director of cloud platform. Yes, our director's here, Nishant Sharma. Hey, Nishant, how are you doing today? Hi, Brooks. I'm good. How about you? So I'm yeah. doing very well. I'm not really sure if it is cloudy here or not, uh, because in my part of globe, it is right now it is night. So, you know, can't really tell. But yeah, happy oh, where are you at, here. by the way? I didn't even think to ask you, where are you transmitting from today? So I'm currently in India. Okay. So we are all over the globe today. Outstanding, outstanding. So yeah, what we wanted to talk about, everybody, was to give you a bit of update on the INE cloud material. That is the things that Melissa and I have been working on and the entire cloud team have been putting out there. So it's not just us, as well as I want to show off our new Azure labs that we've got that Nishant and his team have been putting together. They're really exciting. And it's a lot of fun because more than anything, what it's going to allow us to do is deliver to you that multi-cloud experience that companies are just absolutely expecting now of people that are coming into the uh, space. And with that focus, AWS and Azure, with Azure being the one that we want to show you today. But before we do that, let's do a bit of content update. Melissa, are you ready? I'm just ready you and me on this one. Yeah, just <laughs> you and me. So for those of you who haven't seen, we just released two basics courses, and these are kind of different. And if you want to talk about why we sort of approached it the way we did, Melissa, that would be awesome. But what we did was, is we created an AWS basics course and an AWS infrastructure basics course. And notice I said basics. It's a different sort of approach to how we do something like this. Because normally, when an organization teaches something that, like this, it's very compartmentalized. So, Dr. Harris, how was sort of our approach different when we jumped into the space? Yeah. Um, so, what we really focused on was, as you said, we're teaching the basics of security and infrastructure as code. And so, these these concepts are going to be uh, woven into all of the courses in this engineering learning path mm -hmm. that, that we're developing. And so really it's like, how do we teach about, like we're going to teach security and, and IAM principles and, 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 and basics around that. 
I keep using that word, but um, but we're going to keep repeating, you know, we're going to keep uh, bringing up these concepts over and over again. And all of our labs, well, not all of them, but a majority of the labs are going to keep um, uh, talking about and, and, and students are going to be getting their hands um, onto like in, using infrastructure as, as code because we think that's a really fundamental skill set that they need to advance their careers and what a lot of employers are looking for. And so uh, you're going to see that over and over again in the labs and they're going to build on each other. Exactly. You know, it's so interesting you brought that up because, you know, for you and I both having a similar background have taught in, taught in front of, you know, major corporations, you know, lectured in front of major corporations, consulted with them. One of the things that we consistently see over and over is that sort of like, okay, here's an hour and a half of security in the cloud. And then it just they just move on to something else. It's like, whoa, wait a minute. This subject has to come up over and over and over again. And yeah. I think you saw it just as well as I did. Not only does it apply to infrastructure as well, but depending on who you're talking to, they may not even talk about things like Terraform, which we'll be, we'll be talking about because as it seemed like when you and I were putting the material together and we were talking about it, as we looked out at what companies were requesting in terms of skill set, we kept seeing Terraform over and over and over. So it just yes. becomes like, you've got to know this. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And that's definitely one of the um, like for for cloud engineers, that's definitely a fundamental skill set that you that you need to have, and so I'm definitely building that into the networking labs. Cool, very good. Now let's talk about the stuff we're working on right now. So this is rolling out right now, folks. We're working on it. We're getting it finished up. We're in our last few weeks of getting the content ready. Stay, don't say much. Keep it a secret. Can't, but what I can't, Rex, I can't. <laughs> Doctor Harris has been working on AWS networking and. I, I, there's something that has to be said here because this is a very cool thing because I'm going to tell everyone watching, if you're watching this in a future recording, you're going to see Dr. Harris do something that is, to my knowledge, hasn't been done yet. And it, it flows from this. And she can, and I can both tell you about this. Um, I have literally stood in front of name top, you know, 10 companies. And I've been talking to them about cloud and explaining to them about networking. And then I drop back to really simple things like, hey, do you know what this cider block means? And I'll put it up on a board so everybody can see it. And you look at the room and not a person has a clue what you're talking about. So it's sort of like with cloud, because cloud makes it so easy, those fundamental <laughs> skills are missing. So Melissa, tell me about what you or tell us about what you've done in that space. And particularly tell us about a special guest you had to help make that stuff even more clear? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, so I guess like, I, I really just want to back up a second. And I mean, I don't want to give too much away because I mean, I want to give enough away where you're like, just <laughs> as like, you're, right, you can't right. wait to get started. But without spoiling everything, like, I think, I mean, again, one of the things that's most gratifying to me about an ins being an instructor at INE is just that we're really developing all of our courses, the learning path, everything that we're doing is always student centric and it's designed around helping them build their careers. And so all of the courses are designed around what are employers looking for? What is the industry looking for? And so we're designing, you know, we're, we're selecting and creating learning objectives with, with those job requirements in mind. So personally, I think that's just, it sets us apart and, and I'm really excited about that. But with the networking course, like when I was doing my research for this and in, in the design stages of the course, I was noticing and like looking through job descriptions and talking to people that a lot of employers are looking for candidates that have a solid traditional networking infrastructure 
background or understanding. And it was mm -hmm. curious to me, it's like, because how, and, and so as a, as an instructional designer and curriculum developer, it's like, how do I map that onto the cloud skills that they need to know? And, and Brooks, you, you covered that. And it's like, we don't really, you know, it, it, when you get in front of like, and I, I've taught classes that haven't really covered these concepts very well. Right. And, and so, but it's vitally important that they, that students and that candidates and job candidates understand this uh, when they're applying for jobs. And so, um, one of the things that I did when I was designing the course was like, think about how am I going to teach this? How am I going to relate these concepts to what they're learning in cloud? And so I invited one of my colleagues here at INE, Keith Bogart, who is a Cisco certified internet work expert. And I interviewed him about, about, uh, about network design strategies and like, how do we go about, you know, how do we go because we're familiar with, and like you said, it's so easy to create a VPC. It's so easy to, you know, to define cyber blocks and things, but like what, how, how do we split this up? How many subnets do we need? How do we go about like, like just, like understanding the basics of IP addressing and like right. hearing it from a real expert and bringing that rich expertise in for our students. I think, I think it's something I'm thrilled about and I'm, I'm so happy that he wanted to, that he wanted to talk to me about it, but also, right. and, and again, it's like bringing up, you know, routers, switches and, and understanding what that traditional on-prem networking environment looks like. And it's important because, and so like, and this is part of the first, uh, the first um, module that I've created in this course is really about network design. Because even if you're an engineer, these are still concepts that you have to understand. Because what if your company is going through a merger and they are, they're trying to network in other VPCs or on-premises networks, and, and you have to understand what are some of the considerations that, that go into that, like when you're building out your cloud, your cloud networking infrastructure, like how are you going to solve problems like overlapping cider blocks and things like that. And so right. it's good to understand the fundamentals of IP addressing and, 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 and subnet design. And so that's why I brought in Keith and I'm really thrilled. I know, you know, and I hope everybody watching, I hope that doesn't sound, she just literally pushed a mountain over us of a thing because we can both exactly we can both tell you that like we have stood in front of so-called experts and they have said stuff to us like how do you add a cider block to a vpc and it's like well yeah you can do it but the second for example that dr harris right there started saying but wait a minute what about if your company is in an acquisition phase they've got aws they've got azure what does your mapping look like across all of these sorts of situations particularly like with i, I think you know we, we talked about once uh, Melissa, about uh, like using AWS organizations and how mm -hmm. that can really just cause just a headache when suddenly you realize, oh, they've got a thousand networks that they're bringing in and there's yeah. collisions all over the place. So that's something I'm really excited to see. I, I, I can't wait to see that video, particularly between you and Keith, <laughs> just like this is what networking is. Forget this, you know, sort of candy covered nonsense. Let's talk like it. And again, having somebody who is a CCIE. Wow. That's, yeah, that's I know. Cool. I'm bringing in, I'm bringing in the big guns here. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, but then, like, and then you know, you were, we were talking about the infrastructure as code, and and that's another right. thing that's come up in my conversations. Like, I was meeting with a network engineer, and and you know, he's showing me 
route tables that have over 200 different routes to transit gateways and other VPCs. And, and, and it's just, you know, like, so when in a traditional cloud computing course, it's like you're 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 definitely and I'm going to teach you the basics of of cloud computing of of cloud networking right but it's more than just a route table with a path pointing all traffic to an internet gateway you know it's like more than just and and it's like good to understand that conceptually because you have to right. but in the real world you're going to see route tables full of like hundreds of routes and you're going to be like uh how do I label this I have no wow. idea where this is going. And so there are some really thorny situations that you might actually encounter. And so that's mm -hmm. like, and again, that's informing the design that I'm taking for my labs and like, and the things that I'm going to be teaching. And so, and I brought up infrastructure as code because that's one application of how you can actually label these things to help you keep track of what's of your environment. And so I'm really right. excited about that too. I, that is so true because, you know, I, I've been at some big companies before. They bring up their route table selections in AWS and it's just, okay, start scrolling. This looks really bad, you know, yeah. and you're like, and then you'll ask them, what is that? And they're like, mm, I don't know. Don't know. Not going to get rid of it. We know that <laughs> but we don't know what it's going to break when we do it. So yeah, that's one thing that it's really excited about your course, what you're putting together that I personally can't wait to see. And then everyone, as Dr. Harris has been working on that, I've been working on an AWS compute course. Now, what this is really going to be about is as far as is 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 I could when I was projecting it again, the projection wasn't from something I thought was cute or something that Melissa and I thought were, would be fun. It was based on what are we seeing in the industry demands? Like what are employers expecting people to know when it comes to compute? For example, you know, it's, it's so like, this is such a simple subject for anybody who's familiar with AWS. This may be surprising, but like, for example, with instance stores, they're not as simple as you think. There's more to it than that. And not all AWS virtual machines support instances. And so I can see particularly, I, I don't know if you can agree with me on this one, Melissa, but you know, I would hate for somebody to go into an interview and then have a little bit of this sort of candy covered knowledge that you can get that says, oh yeah, instant stores are great. And then they get into an interview and somebody says, tell me about putting an instant store on a T-class box. I'm sorry, I know I'm getting in the weeds, everybody, but it's Tech Tuesday. And then the person answers it completely incorrectly, incorrectly, indicating that maybe their knowledge isn't quite as deep as it should be, which goes right back to what Dr. Harris was just talking about when it comes to networking. Um, it's too easy to be lulled into thinking that you understand networking when these awesome cloud companies like Azure, AWS, GCP, Oracle, some of you haven't even heard of like Volter and Lumen, make it so easy for us to stand up clouds, but then it's when you get into that really hairy problems, you need that knowledge. So this is something that we're, we're working very hard on right now. We're hoping in the next few months that we can pull that material out and show it to you. So that's on the AWS side. Now, today, what we want to do is we want to talk to you about our new Azure Labs. And this is exciting to me as somebody who's really a big proponent for AWS to be able to dive into Azure and not only understand what's going on, but realizing it's just a different flavor of the exact same thing. So to talk more about this, I want to bring in again, our director of cloud platform, uh, cloud platform. Oh, that's a, that's a, a lot. Nishant. So, Hey, Nishant, come on in. I've got a couple of questions I wanted to ask you. I'm going to need my glasses for this one. Cause I, this is stuff that I'm really interested in and in talking about with you. Um, when you were creating sure. these, 
you know, I, I know that you had heard from us and we were all crazy about what we were looking for. And I was wondering, could you tell me something like special about the design that the lab, uh, you and your lab teams have created for us? Uh, sure. So the Azure labs that you are currently seeing, uh, these are the playground labs, as we like to call them internally. Mm -hmm. uh, so what it exactly means is it's a constrained sandbox account that we are providing to the user. Mm -hmm. And the idea behind this is that, you know, whenever you are teaching people Azure how to do the basic things and obviously gradually leading to the security part, uh, one of the main hurdles that people find is to create their own Azure account and then, you know, clean it after each exercise. Oh, yes. Clean it, then, mm -hmm. you know, it, it will incur bills. So all of that mm -hmm. problem is there. So what we are trying to do here at, at INE with, with you guys is when you are teaching something that, you know, to them in the video courses, uh, they can just turn on the lab and they will get this sandbox account, which will be managed by us and they can do whatever you are teaching them in the class. It will work exactly right. like that. It is the real uh, Azure account. So, you know, there mm -hmm. is no difference uh, in doing this in our sandbox account and in doing the same in their own production environment. And this way, the hurdles will be down and they will be able to focus on the learning. So that is the main part about it. You know, that... It, it, I feel like you kind of did the same thing that Dr. Harris just did with me. Like a mountain came over us. So I need to stop for a second and back everybody up and realize Nishant just said something big. Um, you know, like when I've, when I've in the ICCA, the uh, INE Certified Cloud Associate uh, Certification, that material, one of the big fusses I make is about setting up a proper billing alert system so that you know that you've gone over. But with what you've done for our clients, this isn't even a concern anymore. They can just jump in and have at it, and it's not even a concern or a worry, correct? That's correct. You don't have to create a demo account, which usually mm -hmm. takes longer for the newer people. So right. all of that is within five minutes, you can do the practicals. Ah, very good. So speaking of that, I've been kind of playing around. When will this be available? When can we start seeing this stuff on the platform? So that is the good part. Uh, it is already in open beta. So anybody who has access to INE portal can actually launch them. We already have six Azure basic labs online. Uh, we are going to add seven more this week. And then once we go out of the beta part, after that, you will see a lot of content rolling in. You will be mm -hmm. seeing a lot of basic labs and eventually uh, the security labs. Ah, very good. I love your security labs. I like them a lot. For anybody out there who's not seen the way they approach security, it's so different. And it gives you, I think, and this is coming from really that traditional, I hate to say because cloud's so new, but it almost feels like it's becoming a traditional thing, like a non-traditional approach to learning about security. Uh, for instance, there was a, a lab I looked at once, which was sort of a capture the flag almost type thing where you were just burrowing past security on a VM. And I love the idea of somebody, you know, either in a position, you know, as a cloud engineer, as an architect, or just sitting for an interview and bringing up the kind of knowledge that you are putting into these uh, labs and shots. So, you know, on behalf of myself, it just the cloud team here, thank you so much for giving us this sort of this rich, different view of what we can learn about with cloud. Um, so, um, what else did I want to ask you? Oh, in terms of coverage, what are you putting into these labs? I know I've seen uh, the, the storage blob, which I'm actually going to demo here in just a minute, but what other sort of labs have we got? Uh, so what we have done in this case is we have divided it into multiple phases. In the okay. phase one, 
and again uh, this is uh, what we are currently giving out for uh, public beta in this we have added all the most popular services of azure so for example you have virtual machines you have storage mm -hmm. you have databases you have functions and mm -hmm. you also have the load balancers all of the things that people use on their daily basis right so after beta depending on the customer experiences we will be talking to a lot of our customers and we will be adding way more uh, services uh, into this so that is the phase one and right. the great thing about this is we have made sure that this constrained Azure account that you're getting, you can actually deploy resources in it using Azure console, using CLI, using your Terraform, using the Azure resource manager, or even if you want to try GitHub or GitLab CI CD automation for ISE, you can yes. also do that in the same. I don't know so, if you can hear it, but Dr. Harris is smiling right now, somewhere off camera, just hearing this <laughs> along with me. See, she's laughing, I can hear her. This, Nishant, that is such a big deal because so many lab environments just don't give us that, but we're gonna be able to deliver this to our clients. So thank you so much for that work, man. Great, great news. Yeah. And it yeah. is not all, not all. Uh, in phase two, we are going to build the Azure security labs. So, you know, when we say security labs, so think of a, vulnerable or you know a rightly uh, misconfigured uh, mm -hmm. infrastructure with some mm -hmm. vulnerable code so for example you know you have a deployed function which is vulnerable to some kind of command injection and in the back end it is using a storage to store the files it is using uh, cosmos db to store the records all of that right, right. so now uh, think of it like this you come into the lab you want to learn about it you just spin the lab and now you have this exposed function and using this as the entry point you will now try to exploit all of the other components of the azure and all of this will be set up for you as soon as you press the lab start button so that is the cool part about it you don't have to build it you just have to approach it from a black box angle which you won't get if you try to set up your own security labs and that's why unit is way more important in terms of security as well I'm literally giggling over here, Nishan, at hearing this. It's like, wait a minute, you're going to let me play hacker in the cloud. I love that because, you know, it's it's not traditionally how cloud is taught. And, you know, Melissa, you're you're one who's, who's seen this sort of thing, too. People will talk about, well, use guard duty or set up IAM properly, stuff like that, where Nishan's going to give us this view where we can sort of, we can pretend to be the people that's going to come and get us. And, you know, as, as a, a, a friend of mine once said, you know, what is a firewall? And we all said, well, it's did it. And he goes, no, 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 no. It's just a device that separates criminals you'll never catch from criminals you might catch. And so it's something we have to deal with all the time. So that's really exciting to Sean, that we'll have the ability to, uh, in these labs, go in and play the bad guy, the bad girl, the bad person and get the feel of what are they going to be doing so that when we're sitting in our own environment, we can go, oh, I know what they were thinking. I know what they were doing and I can go ahead and get ahead of that problem. So that's really exciting. Is there anything else you can tell us about it? Uh, pretty much that it, uh, because okay. we have other things in the oven, but you know, don't want to say much about them oh. Similarly, for AWS. We already have for Azure. So, you know, people can now guess what will be the next target. So, yeah. Yes. Well, yeah, yeah, you can kind of figure that out if you think about it for a second. So that's very exciting. Thank you, Nishant. That's a great update. That is awesome. So enough of me running my mouth about this. Let's take a look at it. So 
what I've got pulled up here is I'm going to show you here in just a moment is we have the uh, the uh, the mate the page set up where we've actually got the labs that Nishan were talking about. So let's go ahead and jump over to that. And you can see it's set up exactly the way Nishant said. You know, we've got the virtual machine section where we can look at using console, PowerShell, Terraform, and ARM templates. And this is not a small thing, everyone, because typically when you see some providers of cloud talking about how to do things, there's maybe one way to do it or two ways to do it. This gives you a touch on everything. So regardless of what the environment you're going into, you'll have a way to do it. Um, we also have the uh, create Azure storage account. We're going to take a look at that in just a moment and actually create a container inside there, as well as the uh, create Azure Cosmo DB. So I'm just going to show this off uh, how this will work by hitting resume lab. And you'll see as the platform comes up, what you actually have here is sort of two ways you can approach it. You can either just jump right into the objective and see if you can solve for it. And I'm going to recommend this to a lot of you who already have experience with Azure. If you know how to do these things, test yourself. So if you see what the objective is, go, okay, let me see if I can actually do this. Just dive right in, but don't worry, we've got your back. If for some reason you get hung up, it doesn't quite make sense, you can always go to the solutions tab here and we'll have the instructions explaining step-by-step step with pictures, as you can see here, on how to effectively implement that solution. So we also have it Nashan has set up for us that you can choose a region closest to you. So I'm going to use US East West or US East and go ahead and start this lab. And this to me, you know, I know a lot of people look at this sort of stuff and they go, ah, it's starting a lab. This is probably the biggest deal. Maybe something Nashant you can talk about. This is that part where you're really setting up for our clients that safe environment, isn't it? Oh, uh, that's correct. So right now, after you press this, uh, we are doing mm -hmm. all the heavy lifting in the backend. Uh, mm -hmm. This lab is more of a playground lab, so it is just a sandbox account. So we are not really creating right. any infra, but we are putting out the boundaries around, right? So we are putting out alerts, we are putting out roles, and all of the other policies that we want uh, this account to have, to, just to make sure that people cannot abuse it. Uh, but when it comes to security labs and more complicated labs, where you already have infrastructure in, uh, mm -hmm. That is where we're going to be creating it in the back end. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. All right. So back to this, you can see we actually have the lab up and running. It gives us the time running. And so what we can do now is we can just jump in by hitting open lab. We get a new tab where we need to agree. Continue. And then we get our credentials. And I love this again. It's, I know I'm making, it seems like I'm making a mountain out of a molehill, but seriously, y'all, it is awesome to be given a playground environment where we can safely just play and we don't have to worry about some ridiculous charge showing up on our credit cards. So this is just really a, a, a big, big deal to me personally. So let me get a copy of that link. And something I'm going to uh, um, suggest to everyone watching, whenever you're doing a lab like this, go ahead and open up a private window, open up an incognito window. That way, if you have a session state already in a, this particular browser, I'm using uh, Safari, um, you won't step on that by logging with a different credential. New private window, and we'll pop in that URL. I'll actually slide this window just out of the way so we can focus on this one. There we go. I'll grab the username value.
And lastly, the password. Pop that in there. Sign in. Nope, don't want to stay signed in. And I get a lovely Azure environment. That's just cool. Uh, and, and by the way, y'all, I am AWS through and through. So when I go into these sorts of environments, it's really cool for me to be able to go in and just play around and learn about it. And this is something that you're really going to hear a lot from the entire cloud team and Nishant's team. Go into these environments. Look at our courseware. Learn, 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 learn because it's absolutely going to differentiate you in the marketplace. If you look at some of the reports that have come out lately, companies well into the 95th percentile of respondents are all saying they're multi-cloud. And this doesn't mean this old worn out idea of, oh, they've got everything in Azure, they've got everything in AWS, but they have a subscription like Salesforce. So their CTOs waving the multi-cloud flag. No, my friends, that is not the case anymore. You need to be multi-cloud versant. Okay. Even if you're in management, this is something I want to point out to any of you who may be watching this, who are more in the management sector. This is good. This is becoming an expected knowledge set for you to have, particularly also if you're in financial management, you need to understand the terms and there's no better way in terms of long-term retention to actually work with the technology. So let me just show you just here something real quick. Uh, just one part of this lab, and this is lab, what we call, we call it internally lab five. It's our Azure storage account lab. So what I'll do is I'll create myself a storage account. Create. And I'll give it a unique name. I need stow act and I'll just put today's date in. Even though I know this is, it's so funny in shot, I take such care in making sure I, uh, how I label things that even when I know it's safe, I'm still like just perpetually stuck with like, what's the date? Okay, it's 07. So I make sure everything's the way I expect it. Create and review and create. And then from here, what we can do after it's been deployed is we can actually go in and create a container. So this is a little bit different than what you're what you get in AWS, isn't it, Brooks? Please like, speak to that. Please speak yeah. to that. <laughs> so I, I, yeah, I was I'm kind of curious. So what is this the account that you're creating? Like it seems like you're creating a storage account first, huh? Yeah, it's it's so interesting the the, the way um, uh, Azure approaches it is that like you've got to wrap the resources in an account where in mm. AWS, that's not really a thing. You just have to, you know, hey, yeah. hey, here's my credit card, give me an account. And then I'm creating S3 buckets, right? right. Where with that's this right. thing, there's this overlying concept of a storage account. So I just can't, you know, dive into it that way, or I shouldn't be diving into that way. Best practice, wrap it with something like this. Yeah. Got it. And as and as I'm sure Dr. Harris will be able to tell you, we're diving right into creating basically what we know as AWS S3 buckets. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So we can go to the resource right here and create a container, which is again analogous to a bucket. Some uh, my pick bucket. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna cross the streams, everybody. I know I should be using Azure Ease on here, but we're gonna use a little bit of AWS uh, magic on this. Create. I know it's awful, isn't it? Shame on you, Brooks. Shame. I know it's awful, isn't it? It's absolutely <laughs> awful. Actually, no. You know what? I'm gonna delete this and bring it back because I I I went right over the top of that, and I wanted you because I know you're the one who's been like, this isn't right. <laughs> 
that option. Yeah, that that's go ahead. Go ahead. I'm getting out of the way. You know, coming from AWS, it makes me a little nervous. It makes me a little nervous. Because with AWS, like when you're creating a bucket, so like we're folks were talking about our object storage right now. And in AWS, when you're creating a bucket, there you actually have to disable black all public access because by default buckets that you create are are and the objects are pub, are not publicly accessible to anyone right. and so you have bucket policies um object object access control lists you have iam policies for users and things where you can really um restrict permissions and so by default everything is blocked and here i mean it's very explicit when you disable these settings or when you're adding policies or reviewing things and here it's like a drop down and and it does the same thing i get it it's just coming from aws it's like whoa uh it just yeah it's just something but, but, but that's that's the thing that i think is so great about what nishant's giving us here in terms of this lab because mm -hmm. it's it's our chance to really go wait a second this is different because again yeah. what i'm going to do is i'm going to set this to anonymous read blob only and I'm going to create on that. So the idea here, everyone, is this, and this is why Dr. Harris is making a point about this. If we were in AWS land and we had just created a bucket, we'd have to create the bucket in, or in the process of creating the bucket. I think it's, what is it? Is it like two or three or four checkboxes? It's four, um, yeah, four checkboxes. It's four checkboxes. Like front and center, it's the majority of the screen. If you're in the console, it's, it takes it's why? like front and center when you're creating a bucket. Yeah. And for anybody who doesn't understand, you know, why that's there, why that sort of thing happens, it really comes down to this. Um, I think AWS got tired of showing up in newspaper reports and social media reports about there's been a data breach at AWS when it wasn't a data breach on AWS's side. Somebody misconfigured a bucket. So they've really put up this wall that says, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? Whereas with a lab like this, you can see it was just a drop down. Yeah. So it's a really important, it's, it's, it's like such a non-trivial thing to think about and to consider, but it's right there in the console. Now that we have these Azure labs to actually look at. Yeah. And I, I think though, that if you do have experience with one cloud provider, it, 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 this interface is very intuitive. You know, either one is very intuitive. It's just, they have slightly different looks and feel of course, um, but yeah. I, yeah. You know, that's a great question for Nishant. Nishant, as you know, as I look at this lab and I think about the fact that, you know, uh, Dr. Harrison, I think about the fact that we have these, uh, you know, these analogs type technologies. Is this something we're going to see as we move forward with the other labs where we get this really cool opportunity to sort of compare and contrast between the tech? Uh, that's actually a very good idea. So uh, we have uh, not actually thought about it, but now you guys are discussing it and you know, now, now I'm thinking about it. So yeah. Uh, let's <laughs> Nishant, I'm so sorry, man. Look, like if you need to beat me up, you know, in two, by the way, in two weeks, everybody, we're all meeting in uh, North Carolina. So if you got to beat me, man, just go. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to spring. <laughs> but the thing is, Nishant, I, I can't deny the fact that the way you set this lab up, the way you walk our clients through it, it gives them that chance to see that and go, oh, wait a second. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's just a different flavor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So just to prove the point to everybody that this thing is publicly accessible, if you go to upload, I can go grab an image. 
There we go. And I can choose upload on it. It takes just a second for it to go up. All right, let's get that window out of the way. And as we look at this image, this URL right here, and I'll go ahead and show you the image. I just copy that, open up a new tab, paste it in. And yes, there we go. That was a picture I took. I think I took this picture flying back from Dulles down to Atlanta, which is why I'm on the right hand side looking out the window. But you can see right there. And this is what I love about the, this lab that Nishant gives us is that it, I think in your instructions, Nishant, you have everybody like create a text file. But we could do this just as easily with an image right here is it shows you really how easy it is to do you know, with cloud. I put a picture out there, I have a URL, I can send it to you, I can send it to Melissa, I can send it to anybody. And as long as it's sitting there, people will be able to view, at least for a little bit with our sandbox, we do turn them down, everybody. Don't think it's there permanently, we're not doing that, but it shows you that within your own Azure account, you could do something exactly like that. Very cool, very cool. And by the way, this is a full featured environment. So if we had not created this as an anonymous read only, you could also do something over here called a SAS, which, uh, what am I thinking about, Dr. Harris? S3, what do we do? Pre-signed URL. Thank you, the pre-signed URLs. But th th this is the, the other reason why I'm so happy about what Nishant has given us and the way this lab is set up. Um, with the pre-signs, you have to do that from a command line. You have to do AWS S3 pre-sign and then the S3 colon slash slash and then the key to the object. It's not simple and straightforward. Whereas you can see here with Azure, I simply hit a click a button and I've got a URL that I can share even if this bucket was locked down. And pre-sign uh, URLs in AWS give the same sort of uh, capability. We can have a lockdown bucket, but I want to share a file. I want to share a picture, whatever the case may be. I can use those pre-signs. So again, everybody, it's just what Dr. Harris had talked about a moment ago. It's this ability to jump into these environments, start working with these labs, these great sandboxes that Nishan has given us to work with. And we can start to realize, oh, it's the same tech. It's just a different company and the way they do it. For example, SAS URL versus pre-sign URL in AWS. So this is really a cool way to do it. Now, I'm not going to go through the whole lab, everybody. It's just there's more stuff to it. In fact, uh, towards the bottom of this, Nishant and his team take us through a very cool step-by-step -step using this from the CLI, which is really great to get your, you know, to, to get your hands dirty with the text. So you're not just clicking around in the interface. In fact, I'll probably tell you that as your career in cloud progresses, as you become a more senior person, more and more you will be sitting in a CLI actually doing this sort of work. So that's very cool. I'm excited about this. I'm, I can't wait to dive into more of these labs, learn more about Azure, think about the way AWS and Azure relate, and actually put myself in a position to where when somebody asks me, hey, I need to share a photo, but I want it to be really simple. I don't want to do any nerdy command line stuff. What do I do? Azure actually has a way to do it that's really simple and straightforward. So with that, that actually kind of brings us to the end of the uh, Tech Tuesday today. We just wanted to show you off this tech, this Azure Lab environment that Nishant is now given to us. Talk about the content that we are working on right now, the content that we've already put out. So with that said, let me step back for a moment. Is there anything you'd like to add, Nishant, before we go? Uh, you have covered it all. 
So yeah, <laughs> but it's, it's a really cool idea actually. And you know, when you got, you guys were explaining it, I was not sure on AWS. Do we have time-based control on on the signed URLs? Yes. Oh, we yeah. do. Yeah. yeah, we do. We do. It's yeah, and we and can also really, do it from the console too. Yeah, not just the command line. Yeah, yeah. From the you know, and the thing about Nishant about that is is looking at the way Azure does it. I can do it right there in the page. Whereas it feels like with the AWS CLI, I'm nailing Jello to the ceiling. It's like, wait a minute, how does that command go? Did I format it correctly? Enter, burr, it blows up on me. So, but the thing about it is though, is is that if you're really conversant with AWS, it's not a big deal to do that from the CLI. So it's yeah. really a cool way to kind of, you know, compare and contrast and think about the tech in terms of how it's used. Uh, Dr. Harris, any closing words? Uh, well, we do have a few comments or a few questions in the chat. I think we should take. We those. have questions. Okay, we let's take a look at some. We, like people have questions for us. I know. I think I was asking for questions, and I was just ready to end it all. I was like, Deshaun has given us everything. Doctor Harris has said everything. Let's just get out of here. But no, let's ask some questions. So, have you seen any that were really interesting jumping up there? Well, um, I'm just the the first one. Um... Ibrahim, you ask, uh, will the cloud DevOps architect path be developed in parallel with the cloud engineer path? And we are not developing that, um, that we're not developing that in parallel. We have the architecture uh, learning path on our roadmap, but that's that's uh, coming next. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, everybody, that was something we're working on. We're trying to figure out. We have so much that we want to bring to you that we're yeah. just, you know, we're having to really go, how much resources do we have? How much time? In fact, uh, the, the joke going around the company right now is, is that Melissa and I, our burnout, we actually have had to schedule burnout to sometime in 2024 because that's as soon as we can get to it. So we're good. We'll do as much as we can to bring you a DevOps path. It just may take a little bit more time for us to get there. Um, we also have another one here. Uh, how can we integrate these basic fundamental courses for those of us who are more interested in the hybrid cloud professional certification because not interested in programming? That is a great question. Here's what I'll say to you. Um, obviously, we have the ICCA. That's going to give you that basic sort of run up to both AWS and Azure. And in both of those, we talk about those hybrid environments. And by the way, I don't know if uh, uh, Melissa or Nishana, you've seen this, but there's actually been a lot of studies indicating that there's so much more hybrid capability out there that's being deployed than what anybody expected. They just didn't decide to shut everything down on-prem. But I think the thing that gets me most excited about that, uh, Afri, is, is that when we've talked about doing this and we're working with this, you're not just going to see cloud uh, folks like us talking about this. We're also going to be bringing people like the incomparable Brian McGann, multiple CCIE holder. Yeah, because he's done this before. So quit grinning, Melissa. He's done this before with uh, somebody else to really explain to you, um, uh, you know, how do we do this networking from on-prem up to the cloud and how do we do it correctly? In fact, I think that was one of the first bits of content that I personally ever heard from INE and my jaw dropped because he said, he said some things that I have never heard mentioned about things like security when it comes to networking in those environments. And it actually kind of made me sick to my stomach. I was like, why didn't I think of that? Why didn't I consider that? So that's kind of a, you know, a thing we're definitely going to be working on. You're going to see that out there as part of that path. Um, I see it's not really a, I think it's, I think we have one here is the training infrastructure oriented based. 
So I think the question right there is, is the what we're putting together sort of focused on infrastructure as code? Um, yes and no on that. And this is what I'll say to that. With everything that we do, we're going to be showing you infrastructure as code. This is one of the things that absolutely made Dr. Harris and myself just pull our hair out. It was like we would talk and talk and talk and talk. And then there was this little bit of time we would talk about infrastructure as code and then we'd walk away from it. It's like, this is not right. This is this is a subject that we talk about continually. So that's why we've already released the AWS infrastructure, uh, pardon me, the um, AWS IAC basics course to get you up to speed with CloudFront, get you up to speed with using uh, CloudFront, pardon me, CloudFront. What did I say? CloudFront. Oh, oh, I <laughs> failed my eye. Uh, there goes all the certifications. Ow. So CloudFormation, thank you, Melissa. CloudFormation, infrastructure as code. And also in that, using GitHub. I know, I know, I know. What am I doing talking about GitHub? Everyone, GitHub is an integral skill that you need to have these days. It's expected. It's kind of like understanding how to, you know, work around in slack so it's something else that dr harris and i are integrating in so whereas it's not focused strictly on infrastructure as code you can expect from us as we reach each new service as we talk about it to see something about infrastructure as code whether it's cloud formation or terraform or something along those lines you'll see it and again going back to the labs that nishan have put together for us when you look at the vm uh, work for azure he's given us several different flavors of that where we can look at how do we create these different uh, vms using infrastructure as code all right melissa do you see any other juicy questions we could jump into i do not uh like those were the i think we i think we covered them unless anyone has any other questions If anybody doesn't have any other questions, we'll give you 10 seconds to post any other juicy questions you think you can get us with. And I think I've asked everybody what they, if they had any closing words so far, haven't I? I got you, Nishant. Melissa, did you have? Any yes, any questions? questions. Thank you, any training. I just hope that you all are excited. I, I know Brooks and I and you know Nishan, like we're all like thrilled to be deli yes. like delivering these courses to you and you know in our and our current the current ones that we're working on to you in the very near future. So uh, it's just exciting, and I hope that I hope I hope you're excited too. Yes. Anything else, Nishan? Uh, nothing. Okay. You'll have okay. to make, uh, but you know it will take some time, but then you will have three things to compare. Right now you were comparing two. So once we complete that, after that you can have three things and you can compare them in them. So that's, that's all the hints that I'm going to give. Yep. Okay, cool. Oh, wait, we got one more that slipped in on a cyber Lola goddess. Hey, Lola. Um, are you going to emphasize how to scale versus doing things in only one account in the, in the AWS courses? Yes, because like it or not, AWS organizations is a thing. So understanding, um, and, and a lot of people kind of get that when they go, wait a minute, what are you talking about AWS organizations? Folks, that's how most people run their AWS accounts. They have AWS organizations, they bring in multiple accounts, and you can actually do scaling across those accounts. There's different things you can do. So when we get to our reliability and high availability material, you can expect to see that kind of material from us and how that's actually accomplished in the cloud because it's absolutely critical um, how it's done 
how it's done correctly, but yeah. more than that, and without either one of us giving away our real world experience, how to avoid the horror stories that have happened in cloud, because there's some bad stuff that has slipped out and we're going to try to make sure as much as we can that you're familiar with what that is. So that doesn't ever get you. Okay. AWS organizations scale across multiple accounts equals headaches. No, it doesn't Lola. It's fantastic. And we're going to make it fun to learn. <laughs> so everybody with that said, let me just once again, say thank you, Dr. Harris. Thank you, Nishant. Uh, Director Nishant, I'm going to call you Director Nishant. That is your two title. So thank you both for coming on. I really appreciate it. And uh, before I go, I just want to make everybody aware that that does wrap up today's stream. Now we are going to next Tuesday, I think it's the 13th, we're going to be doing a special uh, broadcast with the legendary Keith Bogart and uh, Rohit, I'm going to murder his last name, Pardasani. Rohit, don't hit me. I did my best, ma'am. They're going to be talking about our new Juniper content on INE that will be releasing. And also, they're going to take you through sort of what we did here with a little bit of a demo to show you exactly what that Juniper material is going to look like. So finally, with that said, if you're on the social media platforms, be sure to subscribe. We'd love to hear from you. We're always monitoring them. So even after this, if you have questions, be sure to put those out there and always bring those questions. We would love to hear from them. With that said, this has been INE Live. I hope you enjoyed it. Have a great rest of your week.